Hey, this is Nick Molina, youth pastor for Living Stones Youth Group. Welcome to our podcast. I pray today's message be a blessing to your life and an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. God bless you. Father God, thank you for tonight. I praise you, Lord, for each and every life that's in this place. I ask, Lord, that you would bless this word and that it would speak to us. We ask, God, that you would open up our hearts and that we would receive your word, that we'd be open to hearing your message. We ask, God, that there would be nothing in this place, there would be nothing in, in, our, in our thought process, in our minds that would keep us from receiving the blessing that you have for us through this word. We ask, God, that tonight would be the day that uh, those that don't know you would have an opportunity to meet you, God, and that they would leave this place with a relationship uh, with you in Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that you will keep us safe uh, afterwards as we head over to Chick-fil-A and have a good time then. In Jesus' name, we pray for all these things. Amen and amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles. We could tap on your phones to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 31. And it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Verse 32. And it says, all the nations will be gathered before him. Everyone's going to be there. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Verse 33. And he will set the sheep on his right side and he'll separate the goats on the other side. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then we're going to go ahead and drop down to verse 41. And it says, Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away, verse 46 into everlasting punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. The gospel message is one of the most important messages that someone, everyone needs to hear. The gospel message is so important because the consequences of not being warned of the things to come in the future of every single one of us could result in eternal separation for God, eternal suffering, eternal punishment for the consequences of our sin. Tonight we're going to talk about the salvation plan and the call that we have as Christians and those of us that are not yet Christians of understanding how important the gospel message is to every single person that passes through this earth. We just read through Matthew 25 that there's going to come a day where God is going to sit on his throne and the world is going to present themselves before him. And it says everybody's going to be there. And it's at that moment that as he recognizes who is and who is not part of, of, of who have recognized him, right? The sheep and the goats, those who have asked Jesus to come into their hearts, to come into their life, ask for forgiveness of sins, and those who have not. And if you've been coming to Spring of Life Fellowship, you've 
you know, you've noticed that the preachings lately have been about preaching the gospel, about reaching the lost, about Jesus dying on the cross and saving us from our sin and how important, how crucial it is to share that message with other people. You know, it's our responsibility, those of us that have been warned, those of us that have been told that Jesus Christ died, he loved us, so he would save us from our sins. Now we have to go and make sure we spread this good news to other people because a day is coming where God will separate those who know him and those who don't. Those who chose to follow him and those who chose to reject him. Today, most songs and, and preachings, if, if you guys uh, have tuned into Christian radio, if you guys have on Spotify, a lot of people love to preach the fact that Jesus Christ will save your life and he'll turn you know, your mourning into dancing and he's going to take away your depression and he's going to give you joy. You know, and he's going to take away your drug addiction and he's going to give you peace and satisfaction and he's going to change it all around for you. And he does do that. And Jesus will come in and transform your life. But the primary reason why God is so important, why Jesus is so necessary for our lives is because there's a day coming. There's a day coming where the world will be separated between those who know Jesus and those who don't. Those who have been forgiven of their sins and those who haven't been forgiven of their, of their sins. Who haven't asked for Jesus to come in and who've repented and asked to be washed clean. There, there's a serious problem by not by not telling other people. I mean, we're, we're really risking something super serious, eternal hellfire. The Bible says it was it's an eternal persecution, an everlasting punishment. I mean, just a constant state of pain and suffering forever and ever and ever. And we've been saved by from that. And we've been told the good news. We've been shared. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ loved you so much. He didn't want you to have to go through that. So he gave himself up on the cross so that his sacrifice would be a payment for the consequences that were due to you. How crazy is that? This is, this is the most significant, one of the most important days of somebody's life. The day they present themselves before God and they have no idea about it. They have no clue that at the end of their life, they're going to have to own up to each and every decision they made, whether it was part of God's commandments or whether it wasn't. That one day we're all going to die. One day we're all going to breathe our last breath. One day we're going to all wake up for the very last time. And the Bible says that after we die, we're going to go up to heaven and we're going to be judged by God. And we're going to present ourselves before God and he's going to be sitting on his throne and he's going to be deciding the fate of our eternity. Whether we spend an eternity in heaven or whether we spend an eternity in hell. Let's go ahead and pull up Hebrews 9.27. And as it is appointed for men to die once, your day comes. Your day is coming, rather, let, let's say that. Every year you get older, every day you go forward, every, every morning that you wake up, you're one day closer to death. I, I, I don't mean to sound so cynical and so you know, uh, disturbing, but it's the reality of our everyday life. That one day we were born, right, and we'll be celebrating my birthday in the weeks to come, and that's awesome, and that's great, but really every year that goes by is another year closer towards our destination, 
that's sobering. Right? That, 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 that really knocks out the foolishness. That really, sell, you know, that, that's, that really sets a mood to know that, listen, uh, I better figure this out. And so what happens is a lot of us, we know this. We know that we're going to die one day. We know there's a heaven. We know that there's a hell. But when we present the gospel to other people, we're like, listen, man, God wants to take away your porn addiction. God wants to clean your heart. God wants to take away your drug addiction. God wants to remove your depression and give you joy. And God wants to make sure you have peace and all these different things. But a lot of people, they're like, okay, I don't have a drug problem. I'm happy have peace, kind of enjoy my life, so I, I guess I don't need Jesus. Right? If you're saying that Jesus can provide all these great things for me, all these great things that I, you know, apparently I, are, I already think I have, then what's the point of needing Jesus? A lot of you took, you know, you took away my anxiety, you took away my shame, you took away my chaos, and then you, you know, you made me feel brand new. And and there's some people that are like they don't see the need in that. They, 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 it's almost like when you're to go up to somebody, and be like, man, you gotta check out this new online sale. It's incredible. Everything's fifty percent off. You have to get on it. And they're like, man, that sounds awesome. But really, like, I, you know, I have, a, I have a good laptop, you know, I have good shoes, I, I have a suit already, I have, you know, I, I have nice clothes, a nice purse, and I really don't need whatever it is that you're telling me about, right? And, and it's just like a new TV show, you're like, man, you got to jump on this show, it's awesome, man, and like, the plot twists are crazy, and the acting, and the drama, it's so incredible. And they're like, man, that sounds great, but I just don't have time for that right now. I just don't feel like I could really integrate that into my schedule right? I have other things that I have to worry about I have more important things that are taking my time so when you read verses like this like man listen one day you're gonna die one day it's over and you're gonna go up to heaven you can present yourself before God and then what that that cuts to the chase all, all that other stuff while we feel like it's important, while we while we know God can do it for people, this is the primary this is the primary concern. It, it says in First Timothy twelve fifteen, this is why Jesus came to the earth not to heal lepers, right? Not to not to heal the blind. It, it wasn't to perform miracles. It says Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. That's why he came down to the earth, to save you and me. This is real, people. This is happening, right? There's no more practice. There's no more figure it out. This is how it is, and time is going by. And with each passing moment, with each passing day, we're getting closer and closer to somebody in our life, to ours, to our neighbors, to a school, to a classmate, somebody in... within our circle of influence is inching closer and closer to their day in front of God. What are we doing about it? How are we influencing them to make sure that God, God is able to usher them into the eternal presence of the Lord into heaven? What are we doing to make sure that they understand the, the importance behind what's to take place? And John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We're like, wait a minute. God so loved us. I got that. Whoever believes in him should not perish. What do you mean perish? I'm perishing? 
there, there's, there's something going on in the future that results in my perishing? What, what is that supposed to mean? What is that even, what's that talking about? A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't. It, it's horrible. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. Maybe you guys are a lot cooler and more popular than me. But when you're sitting with like a group of people and you're hanging out and you think that you're having a great time with your friends, right? Your friends. And, and you're, you, you're having a good time and all of a sudden they're like, all right, guys, no, I got to go home. No, nah, bro, you know, my mom, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. And, they, and they leave, right? They leave from wherever you're at, whether it's at a bowling alley, you're at a party, you're with friends, whatever. You're with them at one point and then all of a sudden they have to leave. You're like, well, it's like 8.30. What, the, what do you mean you have to go home? It's like the night's still young. So you're like, whatever, you don't think much of it. And then later on you go and you finish your event, you finish the outing, you go home, you get in bed, uh, you start swiping through your social media, and then you see that there's some posts, and then you're like, oh, what, oh, yeah, my friend, <laughs> my friend must have posted some, some pictures of us tonight when we were hanging out. And as you start going through the stories, you start to realize that they left you to go to something else. And it's almost like, you know, um, why didn't you tell me? Why why was I made known that, you you know, there's a party afterwards or you guys are going to go watch a movie or hang out like, and you didn't tell me? We were, you're just together. Like, what what's going on? Like, you guys don't like me? You know, I don't know what's going on. Why why wouldn't you guys tell me? You guys were with me at the party. We were, we were vibing. We were having a great time. And then all of a sudden you left and, and, and why didn't you tell me? You know? There's no worse feeling, right, than figuring out that you weren't invited to something. And it's even worse to know that you were hanging out with people who were invited, who knew about it, who left to go to it, but they never told you about it. You have to find out through somebody else. You know, it really stinks. But, I mean, how horrible to, to, to think that there's people that don't know Jesus, that don't know about heaven, that don't know about hell, that don't know about the consequences of sin, but they know us and we talk to them every so often and we hang out and we spend time with them and we never took the opportunity to really present them with the, the idea, the possibility that, you know, not, not only the possibility, the, the destination of them one day having to present themselves before God. And God is faithful you know, and, and if you're not faithful to present the gospel, don't worry, God will use somebody else. But what, what, what an incredible feeling of why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you let me know? I thought you, I, you know, I don't know. I thought like you would invite me out you know, anymore once I told you that there was a heaven and hell. I, you know, I didn't think that you would care. I didn't think, I, I was embarrassed. I thought that you wouldn't, you would reject it. I thought you would make fun of me. There's no excuse that I use, that you use, that we all use to why we don't present the gospel to other people. Nothing can balance it out. It's like, why didn't you tell me that I needed Jesus? Why didn't you tell me that one day I was going to have to, you know, they were going to separate the sheep and the goats and that most likely I was going to be a goat. Why didn't you tell me? Listen, bro, the thing is that we're cool. And if I tell you about hell, we're not cool anymore. It's like, really? Because you, you thought we weren't going to be cool anymore? That's why you didn't tell me? Listen, the thing is that your birthday's coming up, and I knew that you were going to invite me to your birthday, but if I told you about hell, then I wasn't going to be invited. So that's awkward, and I want to go because I know you're such a fun guy. It's like, 
what, what, what are we kidding ourselves here? What, what are we telling ourselves? How is it that the devil somehow manipulates us into thinking that whatever, you know, whatever's the most important message to be preached is something to be ashamed of? Isn't that something? If we're going to flip it another way, it's that the best gift that we've ever received in our entire life, right? The salvation from Jesus Christ, his death on the cross that covered our sins, that wiped us clean. That is something to be afraid of. That is something that we are to be ashamed of. What twisted? It has to come from hell. It has to come from the devil because it's so twisted. It's so warped to, to, to be ashamed of the fact that Jesus Christ saved you. That's something to boast in. That's something to be excited about. That's something that you're going to want to proclaim to, to your friends and to you tell your neighbors and your family members and your relatives that, that Jesus Christ loves them and he saved them. We have to let them know. If we don't let them know, who will? The Bible says, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start with this. Point number one. Know what the Bible says about salvation. It's incredible how this message that's so important, this warning that, that, that everyone needs to hear, that everyone needs to know about. We struggle sometimes to even know where in the Bible exactly it talks about those crucial points that, that these people need to hear. If, if, we were to, if I were to ask you, is like, listen, man, you know, th- this, this, these new kids just came to youth group. I don't know if they've ever heard about, you know, the salvation, the gospel. Could you go sit with them? Can you go talk to them? Can you go show them in the Bible where it says that we're sinners, that we need salvation, that we got the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that he loves us? Can you go show them that? Don't raise your hand, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to call anybody's, uh, you know, I'm not trying to uh, call anyone out. If anything, I'm, I'm trying to encourage us to want to know hey listen why are we entertaining so many you know the 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 eastern conference standings why are we paying so much attention to what's going on in our friends lives on social media why is it that we're so interested in binge watching show after show after show and yet we don't know the plan we don't know the guide to showing to presenting somebody on, on how to make a knowledgeable decision on what the rest of eternity is going to behold for them. That's, that's crazy, you know? And I knock myself up about that too. I'm like, how is it that I can't have the answer for somebody when they say, but am I a sinner? I don't, I'm a good person. Isn't that enough for me to get into that? Well, the Bible says that, you know, that we're all sinners. What do you mean? Where does it say that? Well, I think that... You know, hold up, give me a second. And we do a quick Google search and we, and you know what? Google search is amazing. I've done it, right? You can't remember the reference for the verse exactly. And you're struggling at the moment. You're kind of nervous because you're presenting somebody the gospel. And then you're like, you have to pull out your phone real quick to show them where in the Bible, you know, it says what it says. But the thing is that these are, these, these verses are so important. How can we not know them? These, these messages, the guide is so crucial to somebody's, eternal you know hellfire or heaven how do we not know this how can we not present this 
So obviously, the first step in presenting the gospel to a non-believer, to presenting the gospel to somebody who's never heard about the message of salvation, is number one, know what the Bible says. Know the verses. And, and, and you know, we're, we're living in a day and age where, thank God, there's been all these Bible teachers and pastors and ministries and these Bible schools and colleges at, that, that put out all these resources for us to equip ourselves in knowing how to effectively, efficiently present the gospel, how to remember these verses, how to show them down the road. And I, I, when I was in high school, I was presented with the Romans Road. Does anybody know what the Romans Road is? Show of hands, right? A couple of us, right? Where basically in the book of Romans, it lays out awesome verses that explain perfectly A, B, C, D, and E all the way up to the point of salvation. If you haven't read it, if you don't know about it yet, you might want to be paying attention in the next couple minutes. But uh, we know that in Hebrews 9.27, one day we're going to die. One day we're going, to not, we're going to die and we're going to present ourselves before God and he's going to judge us. You know, usually you're not going to have a lot of debate around this. And, and, and just as a side note, this is not about debating your friends. This is not about having an argument. If you were to see your friend drowning in the ocean... If you saw that there's a shark swimming around him ready to chomp by his legs, you're not going to be like, give me your hands. And then as soon as you say, give me your hand, he's going to be like, did you wash them? Did you wash your hands? Because I don't want to. It's like, this isn't about washing your hands. This is about you dying. This is about the shark chomping your legs and you having to hobble around everywhere. Right? This isn't about arguing. This isn't about debating. This is about presenting the gospel. This is about, do you want to know what the Bible says about the afterlife? Do you care to know what the Bible says about what happens after you die? We don't have time to argue. We, we only have time to present the message. And, and, and you know, some of us, I, I get it. We, we have a hard time presenting the message because we get rejected so many times. Right? So many people are like, I don't need that. I don't want that. You know, our church is not for me. It's, I don't like it. But guess what? Your job is not to make them believe. Your job is just to present the message. They get to do with it what they like. Just like you got to do with that message when you received it how you'd like. Everybody makes their own choice. Everybody makes their own decision. But everybody needs to know that there is a decision that needs to be made. And it's our job to present that to them. You know, I, it's as simple as that. Listen, when you die, you know, if it, when you're presenting before God, what would you, how would you convince God to let you into heaven? What would you say? And, and typically the response is nine out of ten times is like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm a pretty good person. I'm not going to be going to hell. Hell's for like bad people. Hell's like for horrible people. I, I'm a pretty good person. And then that's when we say, well, listen, Romans 3.10 says, that there's nobody good. What, you're saying I'm not a good person? I said, no, the Bible says nobody's good. I, I, it's not up to me to decide. The Bible says from the get-go that there's, not, there's none righteous. Not one, not one of us is good. And, and the Bible also says that because none of us are good, that there's consequences that have to be paid for not being good. And in Romans 3.23, it says that the consequences 
of not being good, of breaking God's commandments, of breaking his laws, is verse, um, I'm sorry, yeah, we skipped ahead. Uh, for all have sinned, we're all sinners, and fallen short of the glory of God. Like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. You know, what do you mean? I, I, I thought I was a good person. I didn't think that I was a bad person per se. It's like, well, the thing is that not only are, are, does the Bible say that we're sinners, that we've sinned against God in Romans 6, 23, it says that the consequences of our sin is death. Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. We were talking about this on Monday night, our men's group. And I was talking to Angel, and an Angel works at Publix. And I'm like, Angel, what's wages? And he's like, it's like what you get paid. You know, it's, it's what your, your compensation for the work that you put in. So is, I said, that's the return, right? That's the return that you get from, where, from when you work. And he's like, yeah. I said, okay, so the compensation, what we get in return for breaking God's commandments, for violating his rules, for messing up in life, is death like we're, we're sinners on our way to hell we're, we're sinners on our way to to eternal suffering but the gift of god is eternal life there's hope there's something available to change the outcome there's something available that can shift gears so that we no longer have to face death in fact it says in romans 5 8 God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's like, wow. I had no clue about any of this. I didn't know that I was a sinner. I didn't know that because of my sin, there was consequences that had to be paid for. And now you're introducing me to a God that loves me, a God that, that, that cares about me. So what do I have to do to, you know, to, I don't know, to stop being a sinner? What do I have to do to, so I don't have to pay for these consequences? He's like, listen, God loves you so much. In John three sixteen, it says that he died on a cross so that we no longer have to pay, pay for the, the consequences of our sin. Whoever believes in him would not perish. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. Verse 17, God didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, some people, they're like, but I don't understand. Why, why does God want us to go to hell? It's like, no, God doesn't want us to go to hell. That's the whole point. Like, we, we messed up in life. We've broken his commandments. We're sinners. And because we were sinners, God went ahead and loved us enough to die on a cross so that that sacrifice would pay the consequences of our sin. Now we're forgiven. It says in Romans 10, 13, 10, um, excuse me, 10, 9. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. Verse 10, because with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with your mouth, you confess and is made unto salvation. What is a confession? A confession is recognizing that you did something wrong and owning up to it. 
Hey, God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that I've messed up. I know that I've broken your, real, your rules, but I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God who died on a cross for me. And now because of his sacrifice for me, I get to go to heaven. This is the gospel. It says in Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, once we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, we have been justified through faith. I was, I was just sharing this with somebody else, with somebody the other day. They're like, so all I have to do is pray and that's it. I said, no, listen, you pray and you believe because then by faith, we're justified. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was, I, I think it was about like already a year and a half, if not two years ago, that my cousin was at the gym playing basketball and all of a sudden some tough guy wanted to, you know, wanted to, to uh, throw some dukes, right? And they got into a fight. And, uh, you know, they, you obviously you get into a fight with somebody, you know, there's tension, there's conflict, there's animosity one towards the other person. And the guy ended up escaping before Jules was able to, like, really destroy him, unfortunately. And, uh, right, not, not, not to Jules' fault, right? It wasn't, it wasn't Jules' fault that the whole uh, shenanigans took place, right? Jonathan might disagree, but that's okay. But, uh, you know, later on, there were, you know, it's here in Miami. Miami's really not that big, right? You, if you know enough people, everywhere you go, you'll bump into somebody that you know, right? And uh, they were going out to a restaurant, and, one, and as they go in through the doors of the restaurant, they look up, and that guy's there. And, and this guy in particular, he's about like 6'3", he's like 200 pounds, 210 pounds. And Jules is like, hey, dad, like, let's go. We're not, you know, this is not, you know, I, I can't hold myself back. You know, I, I hold myself back at the gym, but tonight I don't know if I could do it again. And and my uncle is like, no, like, this is, this is like, ridiculous. Like, you, we're going we're gonna to confront this guy, you know. We're going to go talk some sense into this guy. And so my uncle went up to him and he said, hey, listen. Is it true that you got in a fight with my son the other day at the gym? And the guy was like, oh, oh, yeah. And he's like, are we good? Is there any beef? He's like, no. He's like, all right, shake hands. So my cousin Jules and the guy shook hands and the beef was squashed, right? And so now if he ever sees that guy again, you know, there's, there's not going to be any issues. Right? It's over. There's peace between the two. And today, Trump signed, uh, you know, tr- uh, the, the United States and the Taliban, which is crazy. They got into a peace agreement with the Taliban and the United States. They're not going to be fighting anymore. Right? 18 years of conflict. Over. That's kind of nuts. So there's peace. So the, this verse is saying, listen, when we, now that we've been justified through faith, we've asked for forgiveness of our sin. We've repented. We've asked God to save us. Now when we go before him, there's peace between us and God. We don't have to worry about him condemning us. We don't have to worry about him sending us to hell. We don't have to worry about him, you know, being mad at us because now it actually says in Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, who have repented, who have turned away from their sinful ways and are walking now according to the Spirit, are walking according to God's plan. We've been saved. We've been forgiven. 
We don't have to worry anymore. When we can die in peace, we can celebrate birthdays because we know that with each passing moment, each passing year, we're getting closer and closer to spending eternity in heaven with God. Man, that, that takes all the pressures off our back. That takes all the burdens off our shoulders to know that we can be hopeful that Jesus Christ loved us, that he died on a cross for us. This is what we have to know. This is what we have to be confident in so we can share it with other people. Which brings us me to my last point here, right? Make the mo- know the Bible, know what it says, know the verses on salvation, and then two, make the most of every opportunity. I love I love the 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 example of Jesus in the Bible. How he, you know, he's just going by the water fountain. He's going to the well. He's trying to get a drink. And the Samaritan woman is there. And she's there hoisting up her water. And Jesus hey, listen, can, do you mind if I get a sip from your bucket? Do you mind if I have a drink from your water? And she's like, okay, sure. And he's like, listen, have, you know, that there's a water that you can drink that will make you never thirst again. And this lady's like, what is this guy talking about? Right? And he's like, what? You know, she doesn't understand it. And when you talk to people about this stuff, they're going to be freaking out. This is, this is something that's so supernatural. It's so different from what our earthly understanding holds that people are going to be like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? And like, yeah, there's a high that never goes away. You know that there, there, there's, there's, you know, you, you make the most of every opportunity, whether you're at the gym, whether you're with your school friends, wherever you're at, you're trying to see what's my angle here. How can I present the good news? What, you know, how can I drive this conversation into a way that I can, somehow some way present to them jesus christ and the love that he has for them that one day they're gonna die and they're gonna be before god and what are they gonna say when that happens and and you know what's a good thing to do during these these times these opportunities pray right ask ask god to take control over the situation god i don't know how you're gonna do it i don't know what you're gonna do but help me implement help me help me introduce the gospel here in this conversation help me somehow win this soul over to the lord it says in first corinthians 9 20 paul's speaking he's like listen to the jews i became like a jew to win the jews to those under the law i became like those under the law like the gentiles though i myself am not under the law so as to win those who are under the law Verse 21, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, right? Whatever circle I was in, wherever I was, at LA Fitness, I was at the mall, I was at my cousin's house, I was at my aunt's house, wherever it was in school, the locker room, it doesn't matter where I was, I tried to assimilate myself to try and present the gospel to them because it's that poor important. I tried to help them understand. So the other day I was in, uh, I was at school, right? And I was working on this project in uh, one of these um, office rooms that's for one of these honor societies. And as I'm there working, one of these guys that I know comes into this room. And as he comes into this room, I start sparking up the conversation. I'm like, hey, listen, man, have you ever thought about the afterlife? Have you ever thought about what happens after we die? Do you know what the Bible says happens? Have you ever read the verses that explain what happens once we die? And most people don't. Most people won't know. They might have a vague understanding. They might say, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic. I go to Mass. I'm like, listen, that's not the question. The question is, do you know what the Bible says? And when they say no, 
Man, we've been prepared. We've been trained. We've read through these verses. We've done the Romans road. And now we can present the gospel to them. And so he's like, yeah, I mean, I thought about it, but I'm covered. Like, I, I know, I know. And obviously he had a previous understanding. He knew that there's heaven. He knew that there was hell. And he's like, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. And I was like, listen, man, the Bible says that nobody's perfect. You're saying I'm not perfect? No, listen, the Bible says nobody's perfect. What are you saying? I'm going to hell? No, I'm saying the Bible says everybody was going to hell, but Jesus Christ died on the cross to save them. That's how you turn the conversation. And, and emotions are going to run high and they're going to be combative and argumentative. But you listen, listen, man, the Bible says this. The Bible says that. I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm asking you, do you know what the Bible says? Because this is what the Bible says. You can disagree. You can agree. You can choose whatever it is that you want. But do you know what the Bible says? Have you heard this before? It's so important for you to understand what's at stake here. And he says, I'm a pretty good person. And I said, listen, I understand you're a good person. But in law, if I could explain it to you this way. I said, let's, let's, let's run this hypothetical, if you will. Let's say you have a best friend. And let's say one day while your best friend is walking home from school or from work or wherever he's at. Out of nowhere, somebody jumps out and kills him. If that murderer killed your best friend, later on went on and at the beach saw somebody drowning and saved their life and pulled them up on the shore and kept them from dying, would the fact that he rescued somebody from death erase the fact that he had previously murdered somebody? Does that make sense? Let's say somebody stole your car. If somebody stole your car, but then later on down the line, he sees a single mom with kids and he's like, man, I feel bad. And he donates the car to that single mom with kids. Why are you guys laughing? He's a good person, is he not? It doesn't make any sense. And that's why we need God. It doesn't matter how many good things we can do. None of it will erase the fact that we've broken the law before and that there's consequences that need to be owned up to. What's awesome is that the more you do that, the better you are at you know, coming up with these stories and analogies. And the more God will speak to you and the more God will show you and the more God can use you to win souls for his kingdom. Let's stand to our feet here tonight. As a worship team comes up. This isn't, this, these conversations need to happen more frequently. You know, inviting people to church is something that we have such a hard time doing. And yet it's something that we have to do that, that really is so important. And, you know, for example, we go out every other week. To go eat at another restaurant. We go to Chick-fil-A. We've been to Fuddruckers. We go to Chipotle. We go to so many different restaurants. And we can't afford to go into these places where there's like 50 of us. And not a single church card, not a single person is invited to church, to youth group. 
That's crazy. You know, and, and that's, that's really something that should encourage us. Be like, how is it that there's so many of us and that there hasn't been in all the years that we've been eating out and all the weeks and months and times that we've gone to so many different places, there hasn't been one person from one of those outings that has somehow made their way to youth group like the following week. That's kind of crazy. Thankfully, tonight we have that opportunity, right? But... Don't, don't let the devil shame you or embarrass you into hiding the, that incredible you know, uh, message. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If this message encouraged you and you like what you heard, we invite you to subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Livingstones. There, you can keep up with all our latest developments and updates. And remember, God wants to take you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. God bless you.